0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, today's talk is Haftalad, and uh, we pick up already halfway into Haftalad Um to, remember, to remind you what we were discussing yesterday, we had a debate between Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Yehuda whether you could use an animal for a wall of a sukkah. And the Gemara framed the debate that according to Rebbe Meir, um, at least according to Abaye, we were concerned that the animal would die. According to Rebbe Zeyra, we were concerned the animal would run away. It was a type of a um, and then the Gemara had a quest and then the, which, the war would shrink and then the Gemara had a question that, um, that how could Abai make this a debate of Rebbe Meir and whether you would be concerned if it would die if Abai himself had Rebbe Meir and Rebbe have the reverse positions about the debate because there is a Mishnah that basically says that a, um, that if um, a woman is married to a Kohen and he's not, and he leaves on a trip, she can assume he's still alive, so we're not concerned he'll, he's, he died, and therefore she can no longer um, eat truma. And on the other hand, if he gives her a get and says, this is your get a minute before I die, that she can't eat truma. So what is it? Are we concerned he'll die, or we're not concerned he'll die? And uh, Ba'i said that this is really a debate of Rebbe May and Rebbe Yehuda. But he quoted a Mishnah, but then compa- uh, linked it in to a Mishnah of Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Yehuda, which is <coughs> the reverse of our debate of Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Yehuda about the animal dying. Why? This was a point about taking tumis and Maestres from grain bought from Kutim, Samaritans, and you want to take it, and it's already Beinah Mushos. Um and um you can't actually directly be mafirish, trumas, and mice, and benesh mushos. So what do you do? You um you say, I'm taking it, but it, I'm taking trumas and, and mice, etc., on the amount, that, on the thing that I will designate after Shabbos. Bre- and that's the idea of Brera. Based on what you, you're going to designate later Shabbos, that will retroactively mean what you will be doing here. Now, I want to clarify, I don't think I said precisely correct yesterday. Two important points. Number one is is that we actually are assuming that the grain bought by uh, take bought from the kutim is definitely tebel. Meaning it's not a suffix, It's not the maize. It's definitely tebel. Thank you. Um, and um, but nevertheless we allow you to take it on Ben Hashmashos, we would not allow you to take normal Tebola on Ben Hashmashos mm-hmm. because you are doing it in a way where you are not actually designating it right now. You're taking it without designating it because you're doing this trick. We let you do it Bay Ben Hosh-mushos. Why so not you designate
0: it? Like they were because of Shabbos. No,
1: you're not allowed to be not for and Mises from tevel from Vare tevel on Shabbos or even Ben Because It body looks body. like you're fixing something. Yeah. You're fixing the grave. But we'll let you do it in this sort of more, you know, more... So the I, 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 I. Yeah, as it were, right. Not as much of a, of a direct designation. No, so, no. But in is it my, it's, it's the Suffolk Shabbos, Suffolk Yom, Suffolk Lila. So, Rabbi Meir says that you're allowed to, and Rabbi Yehuda says you're not allowed to. Um, and it sounds like that's the debate of whether something will die, but in the reverse, that Rabbi Meir is concerned that the barrels will break. Uh, so, Rabbi Meir is not concerned the barrels will break. And Rabbi Yehuda won't let you do it because he's concerned the barrels will break. You want it becomes Moshe Shabbos, it, you won't have something to take and you won't retroactively be any good. So that's the question about, you know, there we have a there we have a, a, a debate of Rebbe Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, will something die? Will the barrel break? But it is the reverse of what Abai wanted to say. a wanted to say Rebbe Meir is afraid the animal will die. Rabbi Yehuda isn't. And here we have Rebbe Meir being okay with this trick of taking the wine and not being afraid what will happen if, if, the, if the wine flask will break and Rebuda is afraid what will happen if the wine flask will break. So that's sort of where we left off. So I'll pick up, although we had gotten halfway through the top, we'll reread it just to ground us again. It's a, so we'll pick up from the top of Haftal Ambaalim. So the Gevara says like this, the very last line on the, uh, the very last word on the first line of Haftal so with this issue of the wine and the flask breaking again, it sounds like Rebbe Meir is not concerned and Rabbi Yehuda is concerned. So the Gemara says, "Ephor, reverse it," meaning not reverse who says what in the mission about the wine. But when Abai was saying the question about will the, will the wife of the cup the wife will the will, will the Kohen die and can the wife continue to eat is a debate of Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yehuda. It's not this Rebbe Meir and Rabbi Yehuda about the wine. It's Rebbe Meir's Chayish Lemisa, Rebbe Lo Chayish Lemisa. It's Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Huda of our case, about the animal that's the wall. Rebbe Meir is concerned the animal will die. Rebbe Yehuda is not concerned. And that's the same debate of whether the wife of the Kohen can continue to eat when the Kohen gives her the get or leaves the, or leave the house on a trip. So Rebbe Meir is the one concerned about death by the animal, by the Kohen. Rebbe Huda is not concerned about death and this is, the, this is the debate, what we said before. Fine. So now we get that the issue about can the Cohen's wife eat the truma, are we afraid the Cohen will die, depends on the debate of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda by the animal. Well, are we afraid the animal will die? But now we have to say. But then, how does it fit into the wine case? Tashid Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Meir. So now Rebbe Meir, who's not concerned, the animal will die. Not concerned that the kohen will die. I'm sorry. Rebbe Meir, who is concerned, the animal will die. Is concerned that the kohen will die. Why is he not concerned about the wine? The so a flask will break. I'm looking at Rebbe Meir. Mister Shchicha, the I know Death is more common than a flask breaking. That's a not a very uh, uh, optimistic view on life. After the month away, show me. You know you can have somebody watch a flask not to break who's going to protect somebody from dying people do die ok so yes Rebbe Mayer is concerned the animal will die and the ko- and the Kohen will die he's not concerned about the flask how about Rebbe Yehuda? if Rebbe Huda is not concerned the animal will die not concerned the coin will die why is he why, why is he concerned that the flask will break so the Gemara said no the so no, concern is not about the flask will break he's not concerned about those things and as presumably as we said before the flask breaking is a lesser concern than dying and he's not even and he's not concerned that people will die animals will die flask will break he's not concerned with any of any of that so um he's not um Drebu Ella He just doesn't like doing he doesn't allow you to do it because he doesn't believe that what you do Mothe Shabbos can retroactively define what you did what you did the but he's not at all concerned about the, about things breaking. So Mars says the low highest rebuke will be You're telling he's not concerned the flops will break? Behind me, the Ktani says, "Far, i Rebbe Meir." They, Rebbe Huda, Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Shimon, says, "Rebbe Meir, I have a Shem Yibaka Hanod, a vinim such as them to Aren't you, Rebbe Meir, concerned the flask will break and then retroactively he'll have drunk tevel, so you will never be any wine after Shabbos and the whole thing won't work out retroactively? Okay,
0: then will have broken in the meantime.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if it's not around Motzei Shabbos, then it's not there to desert. Right. we said back to them, I'll worry about it when it happens.' Meaning, I'm not worried about it. So you see, Michal, the Chai's Rebutu would give to Node. Rebuta is concerned that the flask will break. So how can you say he's not concerned the animal will die, he's not concerned the coin will die, he's concerned the flask will break? So, Hossa no, the Messiah says no. Rebuta would become the Rebbe Meir. That's Rebuta answering Rebbe Meir on his own terms. Lizzie D, as far as I'm concerned, Laisley Brera, I reject this whole idea of this trick. now, it's true as advice is based on what I'm going to say, I don't buy this whole Brera thing. Okay, fine, Elie, the eighth you, we have a fundamental agreement. You believe you can do this prayer, you can designate something later. Retroactively, it means what you're saying now. You still shouldn't allow this case. You should at least concede that You can't do it here, because the flask might break. And I'm going to at. no, I'm not <laughs> worried about it. Okay, so what we have is, the issue by the wine is not a general concern of you concerned about death. The wine presumably is more able to be protected again, uh, against that, and there's other issues to raise. They're breira issues, but it's not the concern of death. And we're saying that the issue about the animal for the wall, the sukkah, is a concern about death, and that maps onto the issue about whether the Kohen's wife can continue to eat truma. So the Gemara says the following: The low is Reb Yudah means. One minute. How can you say Reb Yudah isn't concerned about death? Yeah, we taught in the Mishnah Reb Yudah Omer the first mission the right don't remember that whole thing yeah. Yeah, he says you have to have a backup wife maybe his <laughs> wife will die so you see Reb is concerned about that so actually all the sources so far line up the Reb is concerned about that he doesn't like the wine thing because the wine flask will break. He could be the one that says that the Cohen's wife can't continue to eat, exactly. right? And now you've got him um, being the one, that's, uh, yeah. one who, that wants to back up wife.
0: About so if you explain
1: yeah. the animal, uh, issue of the animal of the wall to a sook in a different mm-hmm. way, then it actually works out much better because then all the Reb Yehudahs sort of line up. But the, now we're trying to assert that, that the issue about the animal is about gas So Don't you see that Reb Yehuda is concerned? How could you say he's not concerned? So the Gemara says, No, that's there. you know, come on, it's it's Gadol, it's Yom Kippur. We make a lot of crazy demands there. You got to spend whole days beforehand, and you have to ashes of the paraduma each one of the seven days. So you know, we just are having a lot of extreme concerns that we know under normal halachic circumstances would not. Okay. So now what we have done is we've argued that the issue about the animal, according to buy, is an issue of are you concerned about death or not? Although that led to problems because a number of Rebbe Yehuda's seem to be concerned about death and according to this explanation he's not, we managed to somehow resolve them. He's not really concerned about the flask breaking, he's just arguing Rebbe Mayer with Chitosso. He's not really concerned about people dying, it's just a Yom Kippur issue. Fine. That's the way we're saying it right now. I should, by the way, before we continue to a new approach about the animal, say something about this issue about the, coin's wife, being concerned that her husband will die. The Gemara here has made it a debate, are you concerned about death or not? But the Gemara elsewhere makes it a, um, a, a, more, a more interesting conceptual difference. The two scenarios were, one was that the Kohen, the, 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 the Kohen went on a trip, and his wife can continue to eat truma, assuming that he's alive. The other is, the Kohen gives a get to his wife, and says, this get will take effect a minute before I die, and she can't eat, because every minute she has to be concerned this is the minute before she dies. So the way the is explained this is a debate, are you concerned about death or not? But there's actually another Gemara that says, no, it doesn't have to be that, there's a difference between the two cases. And this is a very interesting but important difference. It says, Shema Mase lo Shema yamus chayshinon. Right? In one case, can I eat truma if my husband is on a trip? The question is, is he alive now or is he dead? I don't have to be concerned that he's dead. He left alive. I can consume. I can assume that he's still alive. I don't have to assume that this minute he's dead. But if my husband gives me a get and says this will take effect a minute before I die, So I don't have to for it to be a problem. I don't have to say right now he's dead. What do I have to say? Maybe Maybe he will die a minute from now. So even though I know he's alive and therefore I can assume he's still alive, that doesn't tell me that he's going to be alive a minute from now. A minute from now I'll be able to say he's still alive. But the status quo that he's alive you don't understand it, Charlie? Yeah,
0: I understand I, it. I, okay. it. I just, it doesn't I work understand.
1: in terms of no. probability. Yeah. Okay, it's not a
0: mathematical <laughs> yeah. issue. It's a status quo issue. What's, what's the motivation for saying. Um, uh, now, motivation I understand that. It's just takes effect a minute before I die. Uh, so
1: that she's not but left it's after it's her a hachiv of Yibum with the brother. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, right. Meaning, if it's an assertion of facts, then we assume the facts are the way we saw them last, and he's still alive. If it's a question about what will happen, well, what the facts are right now doesn't predict the future. And he might die a minute from now. So that's a very nice distinction that Montgomery makes elsewhere, not here. Here it makes it a concern about death and makes a distinction between and makes it a debate are we concerned about death or not. Yes.
0: Brayra question. What's yes. the difference between gray as we've been explaining it and, for example, the following? Uh, right. right,
1: so that's what some of these big posts of him are about. Basically, the difference between T'Nai and Breira, although the problem is that there's one or two Gemara's that try to conflate the two, but the difference between a condition and Breira is that the condition is you're saying, um, I'm definite, you, all the components about what make up the act, this is the get or this is the you are the woman I'm giving it to all of those things are defined what you are making conditional is whether it will or won't take effect based on whether a certain condition is met as opposed to by brera where it's more that the very constituent um, objects themselves are not defined um, which which thing goes to you and which thing goes to me will be determined based on something based on what I say in the future, right? Whether um, which wine is Truma's and Maistress and which wine is not, the object that I am actually being mafrish is not defined now. If I say I am being mafrish this wine as tr- this barrel as truma. But right. on the condition that A, B, and C happen, that A happens, but if A doesn't happen, I must fish that barrel, that's not Brewer. That's a not. Because each act is sort of, the constituents, the constituents of the act are defined. It's just okay. whether or not it takes effect is what is being held in abeyance. So, as opposed to classic Brera, where it's the very objects and the constituents of the acts that are not defined, that, that are not defined. That's like one way of explaining the difference, okay? But let's, it, it, it's not, it's, it, complicated. it's complicated, it's what Big this is about, but there generally is a difference when you say this should happen on the condition that. That's a ts'nai. Yes. Right. If you say, this, it, this will happen to the thing that I designate later, that's brayra, because the thing you're doing it is not defined like In that. Braymer,
0: do you, do, when you say, as of most of Shabbos, does that mean, like when you say retroactively, does that mean as of that moment when I'm saying it, it's no longer tebel?
1: Yes. How could you drink it if you didn't right. say that? That's the whole
0: that's point. That's the whole point. Right. It's as if it's as if it's already changed its status before the condition has become. called. Right.
1: Once the condition is called, then we look retroactively and say that that's was what took effect when you said it. But that doesn't make a difference from a t'nai. By a t'nai, I can say this is you know this is your get or this is your kiddushin as of this minute on the condition that the um, Mets win the World Series and then. If and when the Wets ever win the World Series, how long ago is that how does that happen? Anyway, <laughs> then retroactively it'll be as of today. So tonight also can be retroactive. That That's will show not you the difference.
0: That will show
1: you okay, so anyway, right. Okay, yes. When a person dies, then is the wife
0: automatically um, considered that she can remarry?
1: So when the person dies, in that case of the get with the coins wife? I mean, in
0: other words, right, I'm asking, why, you you said it was yesterday, you forgot. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm wondering what, if it might also be because that, that way she's
1: free to remarry. No, she'd be free to marry anyway because he's a she widow.
0: Wants, wants he thought, okay.
1: Right, and anyway, the get makes her usher to marry a Kohen, so it makes it more problematic. Okay. Maybe that's why he's doing it. He okay. wants to prevent her from marrying a Kohen. No, okay, on. anyway, so let's uh-huh. take a look. Okay, so the commercial says like this. Um, so the marriage says like this so now the way we frame the issue about the animal for the wall whether it's a concern of death according to Abayah or concern of running away according to Rabbi Zeira biblically it's a good mechisa a rabbanon who digas it's a rabbinic concern. That's what we said the other day. I don't wanted to say, oh well, maybe because it might die, it's not considered that it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a like a, like a a, 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 a dwelling because the wall isn't permanent or the wall is very, um, you know, is um, is not stable. But the Gemara here frames it very much, and it was clear all along that was, the Gemara was not seeing it that way. The Gemara was thinking, no, it is kosher, but we don't let you use it because it might die, it might run away, and then you won't be paying attention and you won't be Yodse. And
0: the that's the concern. the elephant in the room. maybe. No, no, <laughs> okay.
1: So the, the, the Raisa right Mechitamal he biblically it's good. That's what the way they're explaining it. Rabbinah, who the but a rabbinic concern according to that you can only be machmir you can say I'm afraid it will run away I'm afraid it will die don't use it but then, but why, how can we ever be lenient? And what if you're trying to use this thing as a type of a uh, uh, headstone for a grave, which sounds totally bizarre, but the idea is it might be some type of a marker and that you're waiting until, you know, until you can get the headstone actually there, so using it to mark the grave, and there's a halacha, it's a big debate, what exactly is a gola, what exactly is the dofa, but, but certain things that are parts of the grave are metame are, are like the grave.
0: Should so I
1: it's tied there, yeah. So anyway, so why? So why? So okay, if it's a concern, it might die, it might run away. That's a chumrah, but it, how would it ever lead to a kula? Alamet nann. Why do we teach in a mishnah? Reb Yudah Metami Golo. If you use this animal, Reb Yudah again treats animals like any other object, and it can be used as the walls of sukkah. It has the tuma of a golo of a of a gravestone. Rabbi Mayer and Rabbi Mayer says that it's tall. So, how could that be? Clearly, it's not just a gzera and a stringency. It's, an, it's like it's a more central, intrinsic issue that he's disqualifying it. So, as Gemara says, um, Ella, you know what? Forget everything we've just said. You're right. We had a whole lovely doc yesterday, a whole question about who holds the death. Is it Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Yudah? That's not what's going on here. Because then he would only be Mahmur. And we see that he's also Makil. Ella, Maravach, Bar Yaakov, Kasava Rebbe Meir hears Rebbe Meir's reasoning his problem with the animal. Kol mechitza Ruach ain't a mechitza. Any mechitza that's only standing up with wind, with the spirit, with the spirit, the animating life spirit of uh, of animals, is not a real mechitza. Now, one wonders if this is being a little bit of a pun, because until now we've been saying what's n- a not good mechitza on on sukkah called mechitza can't stand up against a wind. And here we saying any mechitza that is standing biruach, through a wind, which is how it's imagining the soul, is not a real mechitza. Now, I would have explained that to mean, you know, um, it's not true based on the next line of Gemara, that's basically what you were suggesting yesterday. That since it's only standing because it's alive and it might die, there's a sense of impermanence to it because it's only, because of the fact that it's, it, it it needs to be, remain alive. So life is what's sustaining it. Okay, but we're going to see, the Gemara is going to translate Ruach in a much more literal way. One minute. So the Gemara says like this. <laughs> if it's not made by human beings, it's not a mechita. So the Gemara says, my <laughs> Benayu, what would be a difference? You basically had a wall as an inflatable flask. You would used a big balloon as a wall. Okay? No animals. A big balloon. If Rabbi Meir is concern is that it's uh, something that's standing up by a wind, it's not valid. So there's nothing to do with life. Right? It has to do somehow with the idea that the fact that it is sustained by something non-physical this is the idea whatever it is ruach means something like non-physical we're going to see we all know their air is physical but somehow it's not seen as material so it's basic sort of you know it's like the opposite of the idea of mamid we have in halakho it is the idea of mamid but in the reverse way like we say like let's say you have something a trace ingredient in something that cannot this is the gelatin issue that cannot be tasted but but it gives form to the object. Mm-hmm. So maybe that means that it's like, gives part, it, its identity is imparted by the fact that it gives the form to the thing, even though it's not the essence of the thing. Here basically, since the machitza is standing up because of a non-physical, something that's defined halakhically as ruah, not really physical and you can't really feel it, right? so It's air, it's the life spirit. So then this is not really considered a physical mechitsa. It's not a real machitza. What gives it its standing is a non-physical thing. It doesn't constitute as a real physical mechitsa. It's quite fascinating. If you want to use a mechitsa based on good or sick, a mass a can five. But if your basic mahitzra starts with something sustained by something not physical, that's considered to be that's considered to be right not not a real machitra. That's about one but Adam, but if you're concerned is that it's not made by human hands, it is made by human hands. So this now becomes forget the whole idea of are you concerned about it will die. It's a more central question about If something is sustained by, like, a life spirit, then it is not, you know, according to Rebbe Mayer, that is not considered to be a, you know, an actual... It says it's not a machitza, but the problem is that this also has to tie into the issue about the golo, about whether it's part of the grave, which is not about it being a machitza. But somehow the fact that it's being sustained by a thread and that's part of what gives it its shape that is necessary for this halacha, right, you wouldn't use a dead animal for a, somehow it's important that it's a standing animal, that you're using it for your grave marker. So if it is what gives this thing its, its, its halachic shape, Is the fact that it's being sustained by something not physical? So for Rebbe Mayer, that cannot be that that cannot be used because we cannot give it its meaning or its status based on it being sustained through this non-physical entity. That's a very fascinating idea. The idea, by the way, that it has to be done bide Adam would also mean that Rebbe Mayer shouldn't allow you to use, for example, a tree for a sukkah. Right, which is mm-hmm. what we've had before. You know that you've had trees for walls. So it's quite fascinating if that's his issue that he only says it by behemoth. There's a lot of other things he could disqualify. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does seem that the first approach that it's more about the life. Of, you know, the, the animal as a living thing does seem to be. You know, more about what's going on here. Yes, sir. with the
0: goel and the tumah. Why, why, why is the? Uh, why is the Gemara say um, there the a kazera, the that? Uh, about the
1: Tula piece well why because it's a Kula the Golo claim to be mayor because it's not a Golo it's Tahor so you can't have a Gzera leading to the Tahor it has to have a fundamental reason why it does not have a status okay why it can't be used
0: yes Uh, there wouldn't just be a problem with the tree but you couldn't use a natural geologic feature
1: um, that's a good point too. Can you use like a uh can you use a rock.
0: Side of a rock, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's very hard to understand the A not C B D on you would be have to like be, be be eliminating, you know, many, many more things. Um so I don't know. The, the more logical thing I you know, to fit it into the focus on the animal is this I concept of omegitarium. You know, it's an interesting but they tell kids how to do the science experiments to show that air has weight. Because kids don't you know, you can't believe that air has weight. Mm-hmm. It's like invisible, it's not real. So what you do is you take a balloon and you blow it up. Mm-hmm. And you take the same, same balloon, unblown up, and you put it on a balanced scale. And you see that the blown up balloon, that right, weighs more. So it's a nice little <laughs> <laughs> you know, way of demonstrating air has weight. But for the Gemara, it's all Ruach. It's not really real. You can't feel it. What? How does that work?
0: There's no more air than there was before.
1: No, there's yeah, not because there's more air in the balloon. A blown-up yeah, balloon but, but has but this amount of air, where an unblown balloon only has like the thin amount of air that fills it. And the, the balloon with
0: air, air is heavier than air, therefore, therefore it puts weight on the balance on the scale. No, Doug, cousin, is is there air it above is. the scale? With, with the unblown that's the balloon, there's also the same amount of air as above around it. Right, but that that gets taken up because the air pressure is the same in all directions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so <laughs> yet another focus <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, okay. It does work though. You can try it. Okay, Amar Mar Okay, so now the last point is that we've got Rebbe Mayer figured out. Now we're going to look at Rebbe Yoshi who applies it also to a get. Amar So Mishum So in the name of Rebbe Yosi Lili they said going back to this uh, um, writer, Ap in Kotsin alav Noshim. You can't write a get on an animal. Now. Presumably, Rebbe Meir wouldn't have a problem with this because the animal, whether alive or dead, you could use, write a get on it, right? So it's not so. Even if he doesn't want, even if he wants to discount the fact that it's alive, you can't. That can't be a part of its identity. But this, would it matter? So Rebbe, Rebbe Meir wouldn't have a problem of writing a get. Rebbe Yosef Glili has a problem of writing a get. Well, you have to figure out why that is. My time is Rebbe Yosseh Glili. What's his reasoning? Titan we writes a Brisa Sefer. It says because of La Sefer Christus, doesn't writes a bill of divorce. A book of divorce. Eliel is safer. I only know you can write it in a safer, which would mean like a classic safer, like with a cloth. I mean, I How do I know you can write on things other than a cloth? Some of them are, the kata, he shall write it, the kata of law, you know It's not limited to a safer, the kata of law is more general. So, in kain, ma'am, of them are safer. So then what's safer doing, which seems to limit it to only like a cloth? Lower tell you, the same way a book is something that's not alive and isn't food. So, also, it has to be not alive and not food. You can write again on anything except something that's not alive and not food. Now, you know, if I would have, you know, said it has to be like a book, why, or like a cloth, you know, why would you pick of all the things those two characteristics? Not food and not alive. I mean, okay, you do see that those are pretty different than a sense of like an inanimate, you know, piece of cloth, but you could have picked other characteristics. So Tosus says, if you take a look at very important those, he says, So he says, you know, always when the Gemara sort of says, it has to be like X, how does it know which characteristics to identify as the salient ones? So the last line of the Tosos is, So is, Whenever we have to say, like, it has to be like X based on the word in a pasuk, you know, cloud, prado cloud, anything like the prat, anything like this, to, to identify what are the relevant characteristics of that thing that it has to be similar to, the sa- you know, the sages make each decision based on what's appropriate for the context. So, you know, there's no way, a priori, that we're going to prove these are the two salient characteristics. Their assessment of what most is like a seyfar and most is relevant for the get context is something inanimate and not food I don't know why not food but food maybe could be easily consumed and destroyed and so on I know those two characteristics are true about parchment but there's ten other characteristics that are true about parchment why do we pick those two that have to be similar to why don't we say it has to come from an animal Why don't we say it has to be something that's classically used for writing something on? You know, why why don't we say, I don't know, why don't we say it has to be thin? You know, who knows which are the relevant characteristics that we pick out? So obviously you make an assessment, what are the most relevant characteristics based on your understanding of the context and, you know, what seems to be most relevant. He says that in the end is the discretion of the Chachamim, how to interpret, The, the Pasuk sort of says it has to be similar. What constitutes the characteristics of similarity? That's where the Chachamim's is about.
0: This yeah. yeah. So, two questions. So, first of all, I mean, Tosus picked out two other areas. And of course, important poor person, Right.
1: Exactly. So well, why... Yeah.
0: It, um, it's, it's a little strange that he would say, well, here and here, rather than say, everywhere in the Gemara Right. But, but also, I was wondering if Tosus would say that they know what the answer is going to be. It's maybe some kind of Zorah or something. Or, or you know, that was exactly awesome. be that. But you know what the answer is. Is they have to find a or something to get it from. Right.
1: So that's true. I Meaning he doesn't it, say that. He, yeah. say that. he says that to come and have discretion. Like, oh, right. Virus.
0: Okay. Or, you know. Exactly.
1: Well, I will say that that idea. You know, if you, the Gemara makes it sound like there's a general debate of academics, and it's actually a debate of Rishonim. How many of the, the drashot are things that we sort of knew the halakha, And then we work backwards to find a drasha that supports it, which isn't exactly the same as hasmachta, because hasmachta means it's like it's rabbinic. This means like we have a tradition that this is the meaning of the pasuk, but then we use a hermeneutic to find a way to give it that to to connect it that way. Or do we really not know what the meaning is and we derive it based on the hermeneutics? So you know, some you know, there's a debate whether whether you know is is it is it is it A is it B is it you know some mix of A and B case by case you read the Gemara, the Gemara gives you the sense that we're always deriving it, that we're never retrofitting it. Okay? But that being said, some Rishonim do say that sometimes we're retrofitting it and it's some Achronim do. And it's it's we're
0: it's forgotten and
1: then Right. And then that's but true. You so do have I that in the Gemara. Is, that is true. You do have that sometimes in the Gemara. Ashech, you Ziram, know, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, they were forgotten, Bimei Yoshua, and then they were restored. That is true. Okay, so now the but it's very important, at least according to about what it says about sort of the discretion in Torah Shabbat. So now we go on. So it says like this. Um, that's how we learn that it can't be an animal. That's where Rabbi Yosia comes from. and What would the rabbi say back? kasu bis b'sefer. You shall write in a book to the comments. Then it's like you said. You'd have to limit the material because it has to be book-like to some degree. How to be sefer? It doesn't say write in a book. It says write a sefer. Sefer doesn't mean book here. What a sefer means? Write a safer kritut means a story. Write a narrative of divorce. Don't write a book or write in a book. Write something that narrates the fact that this is going to that this is a divorce Rabbanan hi because of by Darshibay. So if that's what sefer means. Why do you need vikasav to be more broad? You know, you don't need it more broad. You never limited it. It's so funny, don't you need vikasav just for the, you know, just for the pasuk itself to tell you, you have to write <coughs> anyway? So the gemara says, who me by the me b'k'siva miskareshet, the to miskareshet that only by writing and not you can't give money to effect a divorce. Um, again it's not exactly clear to me what extra word the Gemara is learning it out from you need to the above it What? above nothing not, less safer creatures because he doesn't have to be the one to write it yeah, yeah. okay um, but alright so anyway so because of the saying only by writing
0: I would have said that so it said well, like an oral yeah oral but that day. there's no
1: basis to say but the, here's the basis to say why money would have done it I would have thought that leaving is connected to coming right coming, it yeah. says by the divorced wife it says he divorces his wife she leaves his house and she becomes a, to another man so from there we learn that the same way, for example, you can divorce with a get, you can marry with a star as well. So maybe I'll also okay. say the reverse. So mahabayi because if that's true, then why don't I say the same way you can marry mm-hmm. with money, ap yitzhiyev get divorced with money. Kanash malan, only because of, only by writing. Okay, so now the rabbis learned out, never limit, had any reason to limit the material you're writing on, and v'kez comes to tell you only by writing, not by something else. Rabbi Yosia now Rabbi Yosia uses the custom and Sefer to tell you, you can write it on, you can't write it on everything. You can write it on a wide range of things, but not everything. So, high Svarminale, Where does he go to exclude the um, marriage, uh, a divorce through money? krisus nafka, sefer korsah the of our acher No, because the word sefer and the juxtaposition says only through a sefer does it effect severance, divorce, and not through something else. So that's where he learns you can't do it through money. The Eidach, what do the rabbis learn from the juxtaposition of Sefer Chrysalis? Humi, by the way, it has to effect a complete separation. Like we taught in the Britesh. If she gives her wife a get and says this is your get on the condition you never drink wine in your entire life. You never go to your father's house, La olam the It's not a good guess because it's a stipulation that for her entire life keeps her bound to her husband. She never will be absolutely free of her husband, mm-hmm. right? We'll never know if the get retroactively won't take effect. So therefore, that does not, even if she does fulfill the ts'nai, it's not a get because it's given in a way that never fully affects severance yom. Um, um, if you say for 30 days you can't do these things it is good because after 30 days she will be totally free of her husband so that's what they learned from Sefer Kritut the Idach and Rebyosy will say back Mikaris Krisis Nafka so it could have said Sefer kareit. it says Sefer Kritut to tell you two things only by a book and a complete severance and the Chachamin will say back Caris Krisis Lodarchi they're not impressed with the Karis and the Krisis it doesn't tell you anything new so anyway a whole long discussion about how we are uh, um, that Reb Yossi excludes uh, we've excluded animals according to Reb Mayer because when they need to be standing and their standingness is only created through this spirit then it's not considered, we can't give that any halakhic weight, it's not a real material thing. It's really a fascinating idea of how much halakha is, you know, is about our concrete physical world, and it's not about our religious reality, if you would. Anyway, that's Rebbe Mayer. But the animal not get, why not? It doesn't have to be alive. So that's a Rebbe Ghost a Huglili idea that says it has to be similar in some ways to the idea of a classic safe, their classic cloth, and the rabbis don't read it that way. Okay, now we go on to the next mission so here exactly we mentioned a minute ago the issue about using a tree something not made by human hands here the Mishnah says it's totally fine you make the sukkah between trees and the tree serves as walls fine it doesn't sound like a big Chiddush let's see what the Gemara says so this ties back to statements we had about the, the, the sukkah on the boat that any mechitza that cannot stand with a normal wind is not a mechitza. There was a question about whether it has to withstand an abnormal wind whether it has to be able to withstand the normal winds on the ocean but we can all agree that if it can't withstand a normal wind on the, on the dry land that that doesn't count as a mechitza. Not for sukkah not for Shabbos it can't count as a type of a wall um, for any halacha. Okay. Now let's let's see if this works. You can use the tree as walls. One minute, the trees sway in the wind. So, according to you, they're not really... The, how could they serve as walls? So, if that's a, even in a normal wind it wouldn't stay that way. So, we're talking, what are we talking about? The Kashim, a very, like, old, strong tree that it doesn't sway. And, it's, you know, its trunk is very solid. So, the gemara says, but one a minute what about the uh the foliage the um what's that called the uh the What's the word for the canopy of the tree? Yeah.
0: Canopy? Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah. Foliage. is forest. fine.
1: The canopy of a forest, right. Anyway, but what about the whole head of the tree, right? So, so doesn't that sway? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the point could be who said you're using the head of the tree? Maybe you're just using the trunk. I mean, for God's sake, it only has to be 10 tvachim. How many trees are so, I mean, I guess, <coughs> how many trees are so low that they've got foliage, like within 10 tvachim, within 30 inches? got to be A, real a little
0: fast, maybe. You
1: know? Yeah, but it said we're
0: talking about.
1: We're talking about an old tree that's yeah. solid yeah, so maybe yeah. it imagines that you're making it higher up on the trees you're not making the ground level you make oh. like a platform between so the trees higher up what? it's so a
0: willow the leaves hang
1: down to the ground. oh okay so maybe that actually we're going to it's, get a case just right like a willow just like help. a willow in a minute, One minute let's just see, oh. oh. see the answer let's so just see the answer the okay but if the foliage is part of the walls aren't, isn't the foliage going to sway in the wind? So the Gemara says, "Va'ikar nofo." Obviously, boots of the No, you use various types of like of ropes and uh, you know and, and and cords to keep it in place. So it's not going to sway. It's all very much like, like we had before, the elephant being held up with the cords. You know, your tree is being held in a place by, by these ropes and cords or whatever. But so <laughs> the Mush says, Yahakim so what's the Chiddush? The chiddish is, we're not concerned you'll come to use the tree, because remember, you can't use a tree on Yantiv that you put things on it or you're, you know you may break off a branch Kamash and we're not concerned it's not a Kiddush that it's a wall of course it's a wall you got it all nailed down but it is a Kiddush that you're not go, we're not concerned you'll come to use it ok there's a question yes yeah,
0: yeah. the, what is the definition of a tree for instance in Bamei Maglikan we have the uh Peace time is described as a. Right,
1: so it could be that it considers certain types of things, trees that we wouldn't, yeah. um, and therefore it's more concerned about the swaying. That is true. So yeah. just
0: you couldn't allow the police to blow anyway to this because it would cover the circle. Oh,
1: well, but it's, let's say it's totally at the side. Yeah meaning you've got the, you've got the foliage, tree, you know, here, and, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 right.
0: Okay, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, yeah. I was just thinking of No, I imagine if, here's your tree,
1: right, you've got another, oops, you've got another tree here, right? right, so you sort of build a platform like this, right, and let's say, I don't know, you know, well, I don't know, you have to figure it out that the foliage came more like that, yeah right, and you did something like that so it's uses used as your walls right and then you put your top here mm-hmm. but the foliage there is somehow serving as a wall anyway okay so the Gemara says now this by the way is an issue with those canvas sukkahs that the wind comes and it blows it and it billows mm-hmm. out and it, you know so it's no longer now the question is the question the Gemara is exploring is you know how much would it have to move to not be considered a wall? Presumably, it's only if after the movement, it loses its wall status. So, if it still stays within, let's like, say, three tvachim, right? And it's still, like, it's still anchored at the bottom, and even if it sort of billows out, you know, it still sort of you know stays within three tvachim, right? Presumably, that's okay. Meaning, what, you know, what would be the halacha if you have a wall, actually, that looks like that? You know, let's say you had a wall that looks like this, the thing looks when it fills out, right? Let's say you had a wall like
0: that. Yes, right. In, almost every hametzu. Right.
1: So you know maybe that is a wall. Who just that the wall has to be you know totally perpendicular? I mean, we had cases before about something like this, yeah. right? In the whole, is, of, you know, the right? No, but even in our tomorrow, no. we had a teepee with a roof or whatever, you know. So anyway, so is that considered that it's not to to up? So. You know, does it have to be, like, within, you know, does it have to be, like, within three tones so you can draw it now? Maybe if it goes out here, you know, it's not because it's not within three tones of top but then it comes back up at the top. So, anyway, how much does it have to blow by the wind in order to to be a problem, in order to not be a wall? Because, you know, the Gemara have said that even if the wind blows it, if it sort of stays within certain, you know, within the parameters of the Sukkah and sort of everything is sort of within Sri Tzvachnam and so on, you know, maybe it should not be a problem. So presumably it has to blow so much that, a, that when it's after the wind is blowing, it can no longer count as a wall. That's presumably what enu Omedes means. Okay, so the most first answer is that everything is nailed down. Tashma, Come, let's try to prove it again. Hayashan Ilan Ogeder. Um, So this is again the case of the corners around the well and you're able to draw from the well and it creates the area around the well Now what can you use for those corners? Let's say that there was a tree at one of the corners or there was a which really means like a a stone fence, a stone wall Or there was a wall made by reeds you can use them to be parts of these corners around the well to create this Rishisayachim. So how can you do that? Won't the reeds blow in the wind or the tree blow in the wind? Fine, you tied it all down. Okay, Tashma, let's try again. This is like the willow. If you have a tree that's overhanging on the ground, it creates a canopy with its sort of overhanging branches. If the, if the branches are within three trachim of the ground, then it forms a wall and you can carry under it, okay? So, right, you've got, got the picture, right? You've got your tree here, and its branches are hanging down like this, okay? Right, those are the branches hanging down. So, if the bottom of the branches here are within three trachim of the ground, so it's like it's connected to the ground and therefore you can use all of that as walls and assuming you've got it like on, assuming you've got it on all sides right like that right then you have a Rosh Hashayachah there and you can carry in it okay you got the idea mm-hmm. so that the whole thing is hanging down it creates a whole little you know a whole canopy below mm-hmm. and if it's in with three trachem of the ground it becomes walls and you can carry under it um okay uh, I? why? The branches will, will go higher than three with a little bit of wind. Yeah, fine, you tied it down. If that's true, if you did it, then it, in, in the end it was made by human hands. You know, it became a full machita by human hands. So then there should be no, you should be able to carry in it no matter how big it is. Why? And how do we know you can't? Because the alama Amar Rav braid Rabbi why does the son of say in the limbo elevates a So what you can only carry in it is up to a base So this will remind you of all the fun by Erivan. A base is fifty amot by fifty amot, and the basic idea is the following: is no, I am sorry, fifty amot by hundred amot. It's five. It's, um, it's five thousand square amot, and the basic idea of a base tayim is the following: is that. um is that um, if something is not a full mechitza, I mean, it is mechitza, but for example, a classic example is that it's not asu bite It's a natural mechitza. It's not made by humans. So, um, you know what? That's a, an, impro- an imprecise way of saying it. The idea is like this. If the area is not considered hukaf lidira, if the area, yes, is surrounded by walls, but it's not surrounded for the purpose of habitation, there's a fence around it, there's a wall around it, but somehow it was done for other purposes other than habitation. Let's say, for example, you put a fence around a forest to keep out intruders. You're not making it so that anybody lives in it, you're just trying to keep people out. So an area that's not with fladira, you cannot carry in, it's not considered rabbinically, or just a yachid, if it's bigger than beta time, if it's bigger than 5,000 square a month. So the Gemara says... If this was complete, made naturally, totally by the tree, I understand why you can't carry it. It's bigger than the base of time. It's not hookokup with era, completely natural. No human being ever surrounded the area for the purpose of habitation. But if you're saying that you tied down the branches, then you made it, for, then it was made by a human, and then it should be made for the purpose of habitation. And then, there should not be any limit in terms of how, long, how big it can be that you can still consider it a Rishul Okay? So why is it that there is a limit if it's being made by a human It's considered made for habitation? So the Gemara says, Mishum Dahaveh, there's a different reason. Yes, it's made by humans, but still, it's not based, it's not Hukaf Lidira. Why not? Mishum Dahaveh Dira Ketash Misheha La'avir. It's made for the air. So called and that's also you can't carry if it's bigger than Beisatai. now what does it mean it's made for the air so Rashi says why would people like you know you know sort of go under this tree and want there to be wall, like use the tree as wall so Rashi imagines you're out there in the, in the forest and you're watching your sheep or you're watching you know the crops and you want to take refuge underneath this tree. So, not on Shabbos, generally. Okay. Okay? So the purpose is not that you want to be in it for the sake of being in it. You want to be in it in order to be watching what's going on outside of it. And that, according to Raji, is called Tashmishel La'avir. I know, you're making a face. You know, right. So I don't understand. So, like if, And if you made a guardhouse, would that be Tashmishel La'avir because you're watching what's going on outside? Anyway, so the answer is, yes, it's made by humans. Yes, it's made to live under it. But it's still at some level not considered... Hukaf Lidira, because it's made fundamentally for the area outside of it. Okay? But anyway, we had to say that because the easier answer is it wasn't made by humans and it's totally natural. And then obviously it's not made for the purpose of habitation and that's why it would have the limit. Let's do one more case. Let's finish to the Mishnah. Tashma Shabbat Betel. If somebody um, began Shabbos, this, so on one issue of Mechit says, can you carry in it? The other issue of a mechitza is, if you're inside of a house, you know, you measure 2,000 amot in every direction, right? So, if you're inside of a house, you measure the 2,000 amot from the edges of the house, right? You don't measure it from where you're standing. So, if you're in a Rishon then if we consider the space you're in a yachid, the 2,000 amot starts from the edges of that space. Mm-hmm. If we don't, it starts from you. So, this is another important discussion of, is this a Rishon or not? Okay, so you start at Shabbos on top of a mound. Um, shugavo at it's 10 fucking high. Vume arba amot at beit satayim, it's from four amot to, to a beit satayim. So that's gonna be your shibayaki. So you use the edges of the rock to be considered virtual walls. Um, but again, only beit satayim. More than beit satayim because it's natural. If, if, you know is not considered a rishus ayachid. binaka mm-hmm. or similarly a crevice that's deep ten kama or if you're in the middle of cut wheat, right? and you have uh, bundles of wheat surrounding you. All of this is rishus and you can go the entire space and two thousand Amars from the outer limit. So the gemara says, ah. Oh, the Oh, look, it's blowing and it's moving. Mm-hmm. So then they say, How's the Fine! You, you bound that down as well, and you tied that down as well. So a lot of kintsas, but in the end, this becomes the issue that bothers people about the, about the uh, canvas sukkahs, which is why they now have these straps, mm-hmm. so that even if the canvas billows, the, uh, you know, the wall is still created through this whole idea of lovehood.
0: All That's your car. Yep. So I'm
1: sorry, yeah, we got home, she got home late. Um is this about the gas? Oh that's home. exciting. So, so, yes,
0: it's confirmed. It's confirmed with you. Oh
1: great. So I will let her know. So what's uh, so the so when? Uh Sunday probably yeah. between 12 and Sunday. Yeah between yeah. yeah. all the supplies. Okay,
0: okay. it's exciting. I don't know, it's gonna be a surprise for us. Yeah. 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 I hope